Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This story deals with issues around suicide, mental illness, and domestic violence. I've heard so many times, like, while Lachlan's screaming in the shopping centre and I'm trying to calm him down, I have people come up to me and they're like, you should have him locked away inside your house. Kylie Stratton is a mum to four beautiful children, but she is not only a published author, inspirational speaker, life coach and mentor, but also a disability carer for two of her children. I spoke to Kylie about her incredible story and how her love for personal development helped her get through the most difficult challenges in her life, including mental illness, poverty and domestic violence. When I was 18, I just out of high school and I was involved in my first serious relationship and it was it ended up being a domestic violent relationship. And then I found myself pregnant just on my 18th birthday and my mum and my stepdad dropped me off at a clinic. I didn't really know what was going on and made me get a abortion. I went back I went back to my mum's and um, she just more or less, she more or less acted like nothing had happened and I couldn't talk to anyone about it. Two days later, we just ended up having a big argument. It was pouring down with rain and my mum kicked me out of the house and I walked for six hours because I was trying to walk from um, Redcliffe to Cairns back to where my my boyfriend was in Cairns, back to my boyfriend. And yeah, and then I, I was walking, just bleeding everywhere, walking in the pouring rain for six hours. And then my boyfriend managed to get me on a plane and I got back to Cairns after a Christian couple picked me up off the side of the road trying to help me. And then when I got back to Cairns, I was with my boyfriend for two weeks like staying with him for two weeks and then he like just beat me up I ended up on the street and then I managed to get into a girl shelter and when I got to the girl shelter I just I felt like I just had lost everything I felt like I just murdered my baby that I lost my mom I lost my boyfriend and that no one was talking to me and everyone just just treated me like dirt so I felt like I had nothing and I was stuck in this girl shelter and I just felt like I had no future and I was suicidal and extremely depressed and then I was in the middle of the lounge room of the girl shelter and I just looked up I just looked up at the ceiling and I just went okay my family that I've come from they've shown me how I don't want to live and they've shown me who I don't want to be but what sort of life do I want to live and who do I want to be like how do I live in this world and then all of a sudden I just saw a bookshelf and there was a book sitting on the bookshelf and it was called something like be happy or something like that and I picked it up and it was the first book I ever read because I couldn't really read properly and I stumbled through the book not really knowing how to read and 
yeah, that was my first self-help book and I got a passion from that. I just, after that, I read like over a thousand self-help books because I got, I got addicted to the self-help books and I, yeah, and just got a massive passion for personal development books. I think because it just got me away from the life I grew up in and got me away from the life that I didn't want to live and it helped me create the life that I do want to live and it helped me it helped me be a healthy functional person when I grew up into a unhealthy and dysfunctional person because that's what I grew up in. So how in that particular situation did it give you that push to get out of the shelter and to get your life back? I just took one step at a time, one day at a time. It wasn't that, okay, everything's going to be fantastic now. Path's going to be paved out for me and it's going to be smooth sailing and it's just all going to be rainbows and unicorns and, and roses. And no, it wasn't like that. It was, I think as soon as I made that commitment, it was like, I got challenged even more and it was sort of like, I don't know, it's always been for about 14 years, it was like this tango dance. It was like one step forward, two steps back. I'd make a little bit of progress and then I'd get set back, make a bit more progress and then I'd get set back. But to answer your question, I think what made my commitment so strong was my commitment was, was there when I was 18, but then I fell pregnant again when I was 19. And so by my 20th birthday, I had my first child. So in the shelter was my first aha moment, first wake up moment um, where I just knew that nothing was right and that things had to change. But my second aha moment was when they gave me my first child. He was in my arms and I looked into his eyes and I just made him a promise. I said, oh, I'm going to be the best mum I possibly can be to you and I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you an amazing life. I'm going to give you a way better life than I ever had and I'm going to be a way better mum than my mum ever was. And also I saw it as for 20 years, I didn't really care about myself. I had no self-esteem. I had no self-worth. Anyone could treat me any way they wanted. I was used to that. I really didn't care how people treated me. But I was now responsible for a human life. And it was my job to protect him. And it was my job to be responsible for him. And you had some more difficulties when you had your child and then your second boy as well. Can you elaborate more on that? The first child I had, he's a healthy child, healthy 16-year-old now. I had him in a domestic violent relationship. I was in that domestic violent relationship for 13 months, but his father hurt him, and that's the number one rule I said, like, no one's going to hurt him. He did horrible things to my baby. So at 13 months, I left, and then I met the man of my dreams that's treated me like a princess for the last 15 years. Yeah, and then we went on to have three kids of our own together, our first child together. He was born with PKU, his body can't break down protein, and they say it's the strictest diet in the world. And if we don't stick to this PKU diet, that when my child becomes an adult, he will have severe, like they say, the worst ever brain damage. So we have to make sure he sticks to a very, very strict diet. And yeah, he can't eat much of what we eat. We have to get really expensive, special food out of Sydney. And he has ADHD slash ASD. 
And then 13 months after he was born, we had my third child, our second child together in the relationship. And he was born eight weeks premature. And when he was born, he um, he was born dead. So my my third child, our second child, was born dead. Um, there was no crying. There was no sound. There was nothing. And they just whisked him away. I didn't even get to see him. And the doctors worked on him for 15 minutes. And they were about to fully pronounce him dead. And then when they were about to pronounce him, he took a breath. And then, yeah, they saved my third baby. They saved him. But they never... The doctors never explained anything to us, never explained anything to me, like what to watch out for or what could have happened. The fact that he was not breathing for more than 15 minutes, they didn't explain what that could have caused or what, you know, could happen. So he was in, he was in special care baby unit for eight weeks and then we took him home and it was 10 months of non-stop crying I didn't even know this was possible I didn't know babies did this this was my third baby and this baby cried 24 7 non-stop no sleep I was going through like bottles of baby Panadol so quickly because I thought it was teething and you think it's like yeah you just think it's colic or all those baby things had no idea what was going on with him and then at 10 months old after he got an MRI done um, of his brain the doctor walks in and goes um, your son's got scar tissue on the fluid sac of his brain um, which was caused of lack of oxygen to the brain at birth and he's got cerebral palsy he'll never walk he'll never talk he'll never move he'll just be a vegetable put him in the home forget about him so yeah right in that moment my husband and I made the decision that we we're going to prove that doctor wrong and that we were going to give our son our all so yeah Lockie has cerebral palsy and epilepsy and he's in a wheelchair but he does talk he's verbal and he's very funny and very cheeky and very smart. <laughs> and he's an amazing kid. He's just in a wheelchair. But besides that, he's an awesome kid. So when Lockie was two years and two days old, after having three boys, his baby sister was born. And she was born healthy. But when she was born in three minutes, so it was just was in a rush to enter the world. So I tore my cervix six and a half centimeters and then... No one knew, no exam, no examination was done or anything. I was put in my bed for four hours and I um, had got past that point of fighting for my life. No one was coming to help me in the hospital bed and I, um, I had blacked out. A new midwife had just come on. She's turned on the lights and just found me. Whole bed was just covered in blood. So um, panic buttons were pushed and... They said I had 10 minutes of life left and they just rushed me to surgery and stitched up my cervix and saved my life. So that's my four kids. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
my god. <laughs> How did you then deal with the situations we were in? Like especially like at that time when it was just one off the one yeah. thing after the other. How did you deal with that? I don't know because it felt like every time I was just like getting up for breath like every time I was just felt like I was um sort of stopped drowning and I'm paddling I'd be knocked you know I'd be knocked down or like be drowning again um I was used to it that was seriously my life for for 32 years that was my life that was just my life every few months something traumatic happened I didn't go a year without something very traumatizing happening to me your interest in self-development and self-help when you, you were 18 and you started to grow interest in that how did that help you cope with raising a child with a disability yeah. yes it's very very yeah. full on no yeah. you are correct um and I didn't have I had three I had a like seven eight year old like I had an older boy like seven eight year old at the time and I or he would have been eight when his younger sibling was born so yeah I had an eight-year-old boy and then I had three kids under three years of age a three-year-old that could barely eat anything having massive meltdowns and then a two-year-old that couldn't walk that was still crying not non-stop and and just crying all day long um because he just couldn't I don't know just because he couldn't do what what he wanted to do stuck you know stuck in a wheelchair all day um they also say that the screaming and the crying could be a sort of seizure and the brain activity um he his brain activity is like sort of on repeat so he he can get like stuck so um yeah so when he when he did start talking at about four four and a half five years old um my husband would pick him up from daycare and literally a five to ten minute drive from daycare to our house and seriously over 100 times i had a good day at daycare dad i had a good day at daycare dad and they said that a hundred times all the way from daycare to home because his brain's on repeat, um, which is caused from the epilepsy. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so uh, so yeah, three year old that could barely eat anything on strict diet. You have to measure everything. You have to record everything, like record every single thing he eats, measure it all, and then his appointments. And then you have two year old in a wheelchair that can't walk, that was crying and screaming nonstop, and his appointments, and then a newborn baby. Yeah, so there was no time to do my passion. There was no time to read. So, um, except I did try, I remember reading, like picking up a book and reading um, every time I was breastfeeding. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so I did a little bit of reading every time I was breastfeeding. But um, yeah, the things that got me through was having an amazing and supportive husband that helped me we just work as a team um and yeah reading every chance I got and every time I felt overwhelmed I just tell my husband I had to go outside and I'd just go I'd just leave all the kids inside and I'd just go outside for like five minutes and just take like 10 or 20 slow deep breaths so then I could go back inside and deal with it because 
when we take slow deep breaths we are getting oxygen to the brain so then we can think clearer and that was you giving yourself some time to yourself mm. because that's something that a lot of mothers especially mothers that have children with this with a disability yeah. struggle the most with do you reckon that is one of the biggest struggles that mothers have they don't give themselves the time to just breathe i really think that's the biggest one um because yeah i really do think that's the biggest one because there is they just don't have time because they're more or less, most of them are waking up four or five o'clock in the morning and running nonstop to meet everyone's needs until 10 o'clock at night. And if you're in that with no help and no support and you're just, and you're forever just trying to keep on top of oh, this child's wanting this, this child's wanting that, I have to, um, you know, I have to do all these things for my child that's in a wheelchair. He can't do them for himself. You struggle to even to make sure you keep your water up. It is hard and it's very, very difficult. And I, yeah, I agree with you. I, I think that is the biggest challenge. And if you have no support there and you're on your own 24-7, I honestly don't know. Um, you just try really hard to get some sort of support system in place and just work out a way, just somehow work out some time for yourself. Yeah. Even if it's just a couple of hours a week and yeah, you just go and sit at the beach or you just, you need that break. And the way I explain it, think of it as you are taking care of your child's carer. So your child's carer can do the best job at caring for your child and that self-care and taking care of yourself is not this is a big myth and this is a big thing that society I don't know where it came from but for mums to take care of themselves it's selfish it's just it's just what's out there um so we're all made to believe that if we take care of ourselves it's selfish because we've got to put our kids first and we've got to take care of our kids 24 7 but I believe taking care of ourselves, I believe self-care for mothers is selfless because everyone else benefits. Because as soon as you take care of yourself, it's a ripple effect. Mm, absolutely, definitely. So it's like happy mum, happy kids. Calm mum, calm kids. Like peaceful mum, peaceful kids. From her experience in personal development and as a special needs carer, Last year, Kylie Stretton started Special Needs Supermums TV. She hopes this passion project can support, empower and inspire mums of children with special needs. My mission with my show is to have everything in one place. So to have everything that I've been looking for for the last nine years while being on this disability carer and, you know, being a mother of children with special needs journey I want all of that in one place for all mums of children with special needs. But on the flip side, I also want to bring awareness. I want to bring awareness to everyone out there in the community. Like I want to bring awareness to the community. I want to bring awareness to society that carers and mums of children with special needs are doing the most difficult job on earth and are working so hard 
and that they do such an incredible job. And I want to bring awareness to that because I believe it's already hard enough taking care of your child with special needs. Like that's already hard enough taking care of your child at home 24-7, giving them everything that they need, providing them with everything that they need, meeting all of their needs. That's hard enough. But then when you go out into the community and like you know and you need to go shop you know you need to go food shopping you need to go and do these things and you hear terrible things like control your child or that's just bad parenting if your child's out of control like that it's because you're such a bad parent you're a bad mum there's a lot of mum shaming out there a lot of you're a bad mum out there And also, I don't know, in this day and age, you wouldn't think that's still around. But I've heard so many times, like while Lachlan's screaming in the shopping center and I'm trying to calm him down, I have people come up to me and they're like, you should have him locked away inside your house. No one else should have to put up with him. Why don't you just stay home and keep yourself locked up inside? Like, you know, stay locked up inside with him. So that's why I'm so passionate about bringing awareness to what carers are doing. I just think we've already got such a difficult job at home with our kids that if we didn't have to deal with like what people are saying out in public and all that, it'd make it a lot easier. And if we had more support, it'd make it a lot easier. A lot of the time when you become a disability carer, you lose a lot of your friends and you lose a lot of your family. Because, yeah, it's just something that they don't understand, I guess. I want to create a community. So I want to create a safe, supportive, uplifting community where everyone just supports each other and that they get all the information that they need to help them with this amazing role and this incredible job that they're doing. For more information on Kylie Stratton, head to kyliestratton.com. Thank you so much for listening to episode one of the Nasty Woman Club. Make sure you check out the Nasty Woman Club Facebook page and Instagram page. This show was hosted and produced by myself, Demi Lynch. And I'll be in your ears next week with Rochelle Courtney, the woman who helped axe the tampon tax. The Nasty Woman Club is a show dedicated to inspiring women telling their inspiring stories. So if you know someone that you see as inspiring and a badass nasty woman, nominate them to be featured on the show by emailing the show at demiklynch at gmail.com. If you or someone you know is experiencing violence and needs help or support, please contact Lifeline at 13 11 14. That's 13 11 14. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.